Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. I'm Lucy. And I'm Alice. Don't forget, in this episode, I might swear, Lucy might cry, and you can check out details of the trigger warnings on our website. Hi everyone. Throughout this episode, there is discussions about mental health and therapy. If this is difficult for you, you might want to listen with caution. Welcome to the Label Podcast. It's a Saturday morning. I haven't slept very well and the dogs have been sick. How are you? <laughs> Very well, thanks. This is why we don't do this on a Saturday. <laughs> I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, I am all right, actually. Just, it feels uh... like ages since I have actually spoken to you, and it's not really. I spoke to you on Wednesday, was it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was Wednesday. But I don't. I don't. It just feels like a long time. A long. A lot's happened between Wednesday and today. I think that's why I just feel like. Ugh. Whereas I think all I've done between Wednesday and today is sit at my computer. So I feel like I saw you 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. That sounds like Back I'm again. I'm not complaining. <laughs> Hi. Uh, yes, how have you been? All right? Other than the yeah, dogs being yeah. sick and not sleeping very Just well. Working, yeah. You know, the, the, the usual, nothing exciting. Glamour. What about you? Yeah, working. Uh, I was away uh, for a quarterly team business meeting. Uh, thursday friday so i'm back now it was nice yeah. nice to be back in my own bed do you know what i mean hotels are fine but beds are very uncomfortable yeah mm. felt like i was sleeping on a plank of wood i was like and i had my covid shot and my flu shot in both different arms so i woke up on friday morning and i was like i can't move my arms because of the injections yeah because of the ache yeah but it's fine I'm, I'm not groggy or anything i'm, I'm fine so it's all right I was a bit worried that I was going to be like, not really with it, but I was fine. No more, no uh, more than usual. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got an interesting guest on again this week, Lucy. This, uh, this getting this guest on has been sort of all all driven by you. So do you uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you found Dan yes. and and managed to convince him to join? I us? will caveat this by I just said to Dan as we. Uh, as well, I sort of was doing that housekeeping and all this kind of. I heard about your story on the news. However, I was eating my tea, so you might have to fill in the gaps of what I missed whilst I was shoving food in my face. So, Dan, why don't you tell us a little bit about you uh, and your story and how you got to be on the label podcast? Oh, good morning. Good uh, morning. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. And uh, obviously, you emailed me from hearing. I think you heard me on the radio, so yes. um, yeah, it, it, I've went for a little splash, really. That's uh, all, all I've done. A um, little bit of a diving uh, challenge, um, three of them in total, to be fair. It's three Guinness World Records in one day, uh, and all for charity as well. I love the fact how it's a little bit of a splash. Oh, just, I did just, just three just dives in that. one day. Oh, just yeah. three Guinness World Records. <laughs> Nothing, you know. Yeah. So it's, if you're going to do it, just go big. Yeah, do them why all. not? There's no point <laughs> just not? doing one. You know, 
Uh, were they all, were all these dives in the same place, Dan? They were. They were. Yeah, they're all at Stony Cove so, in Leicestershire. Yeah, which is why I thought because Alice lives in uh, Loughborough, and I was like, oh, oh okay. I, I was I was sort of again trying to tell Alice about you and. And uh, I was like, he did this dive in some sort of quarry place in uh, in Latin. She was like, yeah, I think I know you. What you mean? What did you guess where it was, Alice? By my, I I, I don't think I did. <laughs> I think my um, my understanding of outdoor water sports is moderately limited. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I do have a my my boss is always telling me that. Um, I should join her wild swimming, and they do that at Stony Cove. Yeah, rather them than me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I no, don't mind diving. I don't, I don't fancy that. I always think like a monster's going to come up and grab you from like it's like you know when you're a kid and you say the monsters are under the bed, like something's going to grab you and pull you under the water. Oh, at Stony Cove, that'd be more likely to be a diver from underneath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming up and grab your legs. So, Dan, can you tell us a bit about your uh, sort of like how you got into diving and things because am i right in saying you're in a wheelchair is that right yes i am yeah yeah so i'm t8 paralyzed mm -hmm. complete just above the belly button down so i've got no abs no core um no core support or anything um and that's a complete paraplegic so um there's there's no there's nothing getting better there's not going to get any worse sort of thing mm. unless i do something else stupid um <laughs> but uh, i keep trying but yeah so i was paralyzed back in um 2014 um, and that was a motorbike crash. Uh, I came off and then my, I came off on a bend and then my mate hit me from behind in his motorbike or on his oh, motorbike. Jesus. So I was laid in the road and, you know, big bang. And yeah, that was it. I was paralyzed straight away. So I got a great bit. I got to go in a helicopter from it. So yeah. that was fantastic. But the Magpass Air Ambulance came out and saved my life um, on that. And they said, you know, if you weren't wearing the, all the gear that you've got on, that would be it. Mm. You'd be in two parts. So um yeah. you're actually the um the second person we've had on the show who's uh become a wheelchair user following a motorbike accident and both lucy and i's dads are um motorcyclists so i think that these stories they hit me yeah. in a i get a little bit of a cold Ooh, like, yeah. um, like a bit just... of a bit of a shiver yeah 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 yes. it's Everybody says to me when they talk to me about it and they go, oh, motorbikes, they're so dangerous, they're terrible, they're, they're nothing to do with the bike at no, all. That's yeah. exactly it. My dad always says that. It's to do with your that. environment that you're in. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's 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 just the, the vulnerability of, you know, when you're, it's it's just as safe as being in a car, except that if a car hits you when you're in an, another car, at least you've got the car around And the you. airbag, yeah. 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 And that's and that's, that's the difference. You know, my, my dad's a very safe driver. I trust him completely on his bikes. It's not my dad no. that I'm worried exactly. about. It's, it's, as you say, it's the environment yeah. around him. Yeah. Yeah, and to be fair, with, with motorbikes, you've always got the, if you've got the training there and you're wearing the correct gear, uh, it's the most important thing is wearing the correct gear, um, and you've got the training to get away from it, mm. then you've got the ability to get round a car if there's an accident or something in front of you on a bike whereas a car you've got nowhere to go but mm. granted 100 percent, when you've got a what two ton of steel wrapped around you yeah. you're when you do have a crash you are a little it's bit when, safer. when you see people riding uh motorbikes with no helmet on and like wearing jeans just like a yeah, yeah. Like, well, the, worst one, the, uh, yeah. the worst one's these no gloves yeah 
Yeah. There's so oh. many times I see people with no gloves on. What's the first thing that hits the floor? You're just going to... Your hands. You're going to your hands out. Hands. Don't you just stop yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're just going to... I mean, if you don't just lose the skin, you do... If you come off at speed, you're going to... No, you lose oh, everything. I don't even want to think about I've it. suddenly oh, gone off for a cup of my cup of tea. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, so... um, So, uh, I take it from, like... Uh, was what is the is the diving and that kind of thing like was it did it form part of your recovery or was that the adrenaline junkie and you going i need to find something an outlet for this because i'm well, it was, it's kind feet. of part of the second one so right okay i didn't have one crash i had two um so after after being paralyzed in 2014 i took on fitness and sports and everything is my drive for passion um and to get over being well not get over being paralyzed because that just is what it is uh dealing with a paralyzed body is another question mm. um but the wheelchair is just a tool mm. just a you know it's a thing you use i can't walk i just use a chair um you know everything else is a bit of a pain but we get around that mm. um so I took on sports. Um, I started. Uh, I became a gym instructor through uh, disability. Um, I became a PT for the disabled in, um, instructing as well. Um, I then went into hand cycling, which is the ones where you lay down on your back and mm, and cycle yeah. with your arms. Um, and I took that fairly well. I took to that okay. Um, before I tell you the finish bit about that, I went on to the interspinal unit games with Sheffield. Okay. Um, okay. So I represented Sheffield in that. Yeah. Um, I did gold in archery. I did gold in shooting. I got gold in fencing. Um, so uh, when you decide to, ta- to take something on, you, yeah. you, throw, you it, must yeah. really throw yourself into it. Yeah, yeah, 110%. Don't do stuff half. Yeah. yeah. So we we did that. Oh, that was really good. I enjoyed that. Uh, I took the archery up a little bit, but it's not really. It's, there's no sports as in adrenaline. I tried for archery, me. and I've like you. I've got no. I I'm not. I wasn't paralysed. I've got cerebral palsy. I've always yep. had no balance whatsoever at all. I've got the balance of a drunk, even when I'm sober. Um, <laughs> it's awful. If you take me out of my wheelchair, I'm flopping around all over the place. Um, and I tried archery. I went for like a taster session because I was like, yeah. I've seen people do this with their feet. I could do this. It's fine. I could not. I could not do it. <laughs> like, it's very it's, difficult. Because it's like no you have to, it's like patting your head and rubbing your stomach three times over. Like it's ridiculous. I I couldn't. I try. I like. I was. I got slightly better by the end of the session, but I was like, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> so it's not like I don't yeah. want to be sort of like fit and healthy. It's just that I've never really found the sport that works for me. I don't think. Um, I do yeah. feel that like archery is. It's not like. I, no offense to anybody who's an archer listening to this, but you're, I do feel you're like gonna say it, aren't you? <laughs> there's, there's, there's a difference between like you know being a a gym instructor or you know wheelchair like rugby or you know hand cycling yeah. and stuff like that. That's quite an intense sport. I do feel like archery is only like a couple of steps up from dart. <laughs> 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 If you if you'd like to uh, if you'd like to submit a complaint to the label podcast, I didn't say no. it. <laughs> Alice Alice's mouth tends to run away with her a little bit. I just I no, was she's just enjoying, right though. You enjoying are right. Lucy talking about how she wants to get like into fitness, and I'm like, and you picked archery. Yeah, go to basically go to the pub and play darts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, outdoor it's, darts it's just, yeah big yeah. outdoor darts yeah and, and also a pint afterwards. I'm, ve- <laughs> right I'm very clumsy as well could you imagine oh sorry that's your eye 
Sorry, that's I, a I mean, like, yeah. I have to say, I've done archery. And uh, I th- sounds like I did better than you. So that's saying quite a I lot. I did feel very lazy when Alice, my friend with visual impairment, went axe throwing. <laughs> and seemed to be very good at it. I was like, my God. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. Uh, well, it was the, so with the archery side of things, just you saying about blind mm-hmm. lady, um, at Sheffield, it was them that I saw. And I thought, oh, I'll have a go at that. Yeah. Um, and it was the Blind Archers Association. How they are completely work? blind and they they hit the what's called the spider is a little black yeah. x in the middle of the gold yeah. they hit that and i'm like how the how, how does that do work that? how uh, yeah do they have so they, like they, guides with them then i presume they they do Left have a guides bit, right but they, a bit there yeah but it, it's a bit more complicated they have um <laughs> they have a, a like a camera tripod next to them okay and then that has a a ringer on it so as they lift the stay bar which is a steady bar to keep the bow yeah. level they lift that up and they just tap they feel it feel it tap it and then that's they know then to release and they have a clicker on the release so they know how far to pull it back <gasps> and it clicks they know to release and then with the aiming they just it's practice and practice and practice yeah but it's really really quite cool yeah so yeah i did i did watch them and so i took that up and then i did the shooting and again with the shooting the problem was there was two of us taken forward to and they said that we would be the two to train up to go for the olympics next time mm-hmm. um but it to, for me i had to make a big decision between hand cycling or doing archery and shooting and for me it was i wanted something physical i wanted something fast which is like being on the bike again mm-hmm. and i liked the confrontation in in hand cycling there's a lot of battling for position just like you are on motorbikes yeah. and racing and stuff so mm-hmm. I went with the hand cycling um, and uh, I did all right. I, I got picked up by British cycling. There was a team of us being tested for the Olympics. I got to the fifth in the UK in British cycling. I won a couple of races only because some of the others didn't turn up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I was doing all right. Not, you know, not, not bad. I've done quite a few things. The news has picked up a few things on me doing that. Um, but then unfortunately, um, in the same month in June, twenty uh, eighth of June two thousand and eighteen, so four years later, same mm. month, uh, I had another crash. So I was on my hand cycle. I was doing a six hundred mile challenge um, for charity. So six hundred miles in the month of June, um, and I would have completed it in fourteen days. I decided I wanted to do it quick, so yeah. get it done in fourteen days. And um, I was about twenty miles ish from the finish. Um, when a car came around a bend, he braked really, really hard, skidded off the bend, hit the side of a lorry that was coming down the hill, bounced off that, still hit me, (laughs) and pushed me 20 metres-ish, maybe further than that, uh, with a car on top of my head. So that that was fantastic. So that caused (laughs) a compression at C4 in the neck, um, which isn't, it's not gone, but it's it's over enough. Um, but it did knock out forty uh, percent of the power in the left shoulder, so that's a bit of a pain. Um, but it ended the hand cycling career mm. because I can't put the same amount of powers out that no, I used to. The shoulder won't take it yeah. after about an hour of cycling. My yeah, shoulder's it's... screaming at me. Yeah. So it's yeah. So the, uh, and the other thing is the headrest is bang on where I got oh. the compression in the neck, so I can't be on it, sort of thing. Not for any Length significant of lengths of time i've done five hours on it since um 
uh, for doing other charity rides but yeah. yeah not nothing racing wise i can't sustain it so mm. from that i got a lot of problems with ptsd um, sure. a lot of mental health sort of things because it was the same noise the same skidding noise the same big yeah. bang it was all the same thing i couldn't have people behind me in restaurants i couldn't go out in public because mm. i wanted to kill everybody um yeah. i just got aggressive and you know it was it was really really strange and they they told me you basically got ptsd yeah. um, well and that that's that um that sort of you know the thing about trauma is it sets off a that that fight flight mm. yeah. flop or freeze yeah. and for some people it comes out as that aggressive mm. fight it's yeah. it's you trying to protect yourself it is yeah 100%. Um, against a memory which is the really awful bit of it yeah know? yeah and i i never admit i had a therapist but i spoke to what i called her my brain pt because she said you're a pt for bodies i'm a pt for brains right, yeah so you know that's how we managed to make it work mm, and yeah. the best thing i wouldn't say she fixed me i wouldn't say anything good well massively came out of it the best thing that did come out of it was my ability to talk about it yeah um, yeah absolutely and be honest and say do you know what yeah actually i did have problems i still have problems, problems. but they're dealt with now via doing stuff so. i'm a huge a huge advocate for therapy not because it it fixes you all therapy mm. is there to do is to it's an outlet isn't it it's to yeah. help you learn to speak and sometimes to challenge the you about the things that you're thinking or saying just to give you that sort of you know somebody who understands how the the mind works to kind of the thing that i always think about um my my pa for work is actually a trained psychotherapist right um and one of the things that um you know i see her do all the time uh is just those it'll be those little things where you'll say something and then 10 minutes later you'll say something else and she'll say you do realize how much those two statements really contradict one another <laughs> yeah. and it's just little things like that you sort of go god the brain is such a mess it is, of it? like thoughts all tangled up in one another well, if you it think takes... about it the brain is on like all the time it never like it's like turning a computer on and leaving it like you know people that leave their laptop on standby mm. and just push a button it's like and the laptop's going please turn me off i need a rest it's that kind of thing isn't it really it's uh yeah it's it's um it'd, it, been, it'd be nice if i could put my brain on standby know, wouldn't that'd, it? Be, yeah. <laughs> that'd be fantastic would solve a lot down for a little bit yeah solve a lot of problems mm. i think yeah um but no that I, I and i can completely understand why you would have ptsd when they said to you no you've got like ptsd did it all kind of make sense do you were like well of course i have or did you already kind know of ish yeah kind of ish you know i, I it's it's a fairly obvious thing when you start i'm, I'm pretty good at being at the stepping back away from yeah. myself and looking at yeah. myself and going well what's the problem here and i could see it that i couldn't have things behind me bangs and stuff like that i was you know shocking and turning and stuff and uh, and it is the you're right 100 percent is the fight flight sort of response mm -hmm. mine was fight um probably through through life i've done kickboxing before i was uh you know before i was paralyzed and all that sort of stuff so it's probably down to that mm. is that's where i'm built but i'm also a massive problem for myself is that i'm a typical bloke and yeah. blokes don't have feelings blokes don't have drama in their life or all that sort of stuff they can't uh, be upset and all that kind of thing and i've always seen that as a, a, a man should be strong and you can't cry you can't do this you can't do that and it, it's 
since talking to a lot of people you know since uh they haven't fished it i didn't get diagnosed with ptsd they just told me dan you've got ptsd um and uh since that i've spoke to lots of other people and lots of other blokes and you know big lads big big rugby player lads and Mm. they're all going Mm. yeah i've dealt with it i've had it and Mm. you know i I still have it and it's really good to talk to people about it Mm. and that's the best thing i think that came from having a brain Mm. pt or therapist um was that the the ability to go yeah i have and so what yeah there's nothing there's there's nothing wrong is there in this nope. day and age with no. knowing actually i think i've got a little bit of a and i i always think it takes a damn sight more courage and strength to talk about pain yeah. and like trauma than it does to just ignore it and go i'm fine i'm fine yeah. i'm fine yeah, i'm yeah. fine no good yeah, comes from burying it. your head in, in yeah. the sand so, and it's the thing i always say to you know when people people talk about you know you know men men have got to be strong and it's like well actually i i think I think you're you're letting yourself es- sort of get away with escape, ignore something that's really painful mm. and difficult, mm. and actually the strong thing to do is face it. Yeah, no, you're um, right. but it's really it's really really hard to do it. So you know, I know I understand why lots of people don't. Yeah. Um, but you you said you found kind of getting into physical activity again was also a really good. So were you doing the yeah. two hand in hand? Yeah, so obviously with um, I, I was trying to get back in the gym. I was trying to train again, and and they were te- the problem was I was being told by the specialist because of the shoulder injury, and things like I go, oh, I do this and I do this, and they say, well, well, you need to slow down. Mm-hmm. You can't do that much, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, but if I don't do it, actually, I start regressing yeah. backwards, yeah. and just everyday life becomes hard. I mean, I've, I'm 70k, and I've got to lift myself up out of bed into yeah. my chair yeah. and i've got to be able to do that and they're, they're saying yeah but you, you can't put that much strain through you well what do you want me to do then they say mm. use a hoist no, no that's not happening i've got arms for a reason and i'm strong enough to pick myself up so unless i physically can't i will do that so i carried on training and it got it got a little bit messed up with um with mental health and it not working with the brain pt sort of things and all sorts of bits and bobs got a little bit messed up mm. so uh and i ended up in quite a you know quite a dark place um and i i had thought of you know the, the horrendous thoughts of you know should i be here anymore and all that kind of thing and i had luckily at that time i had my daughter to to think and stop me you know i, I was like well you know I, i've got to be here for a reason i've got to be here yeah. for her sort of thing um and then amazingly the friends i just made um they actually did work on my house uh, they fitted solar panels for me um <laughs> and they're talking to me about diving and i just started diving before the crash um the second crash and they said to me you're coming diving we don't care about the problems that could come from us taking you diving with a technically a neck injury and all this sort of yeah, rubbish yeah. you've you've been over it long enough now to not have an injury that can affect you and we'll be two instructors in the water with you. Rather You'll come in diving. Yeah. So I, I went diving and it was the best thing I could have done. Um, 100% reset the brain. Mm. As soon as I got in the water, I got into another world uh, where you, you're just, you're free. Yeah. You haven't got the weight, you haven't got the wheelchair, obviously. No. I mean, a lot of people use it for freedom of mobility, mm. but I use it for freedom of the mind and I can get in the water i'm then equal to every person in that water i'm as important to them as they are to me um i can rescue them same as they can rescue me um 
obviously I've gone up through my qualifications since then, but the just the fact of just dropping in the water and the noise of the world just disappears. Yeah. I went to uh, the Bear Girls Adventure Centre to like do a yeah. review of their accessibility and yep. all I really wanted to do was do indoor skydiving because I just thought it was really cool. Um <laughs> the what actually happened was I was scared to death of the big fat and I was like, I don't wanna go, I don't wanna go I did it, but I was frightened to death. Um and but what they actually said it was like, Oh you can come uh like snor- it was snorkeling. I thought it was scuba mm-hmm. diving, but it was snorkeling at the time. Now I don't particularly, even though I like being in the water, I I love. I, I say to Alice all the time. I think I used to be a mermaid um, because I love being in water, on water, by water, anything to do with water. And I'm happy as Larry. And I, but I don't particularly. I did well. I didn't particularly like sticking my face under the water. It used to like panic me i didn't really like it and i was like oh, yeah. all right because they were they were paying for me to go i was like i can't really say no can i um so they got me in the water and i'd never put a i'd never put a snorkel mask on my face with the tube in your mouth i'd never done it because yeah. i don't like sticking my face into the water and i said to the instructors like can can you come in because i don't want what i don't want to do is get in the water panic and then have nobody there to go it's all right calm down <laughs> just breathe you'll be safe yeah 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 um and basically it's the big fish tank Mm. and the big fish tank has got water that's just pumped fresh water pumped in all the time it's noisy and things i stuck my head under that water and it just went silent and i was like this is the best thing in the world and i now want to go scuba diving i can't stand up but i could just fix that i could i could just sit on the bottom of the floor uh, and be a proper mermaid um but yeah it's the 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 silent thing got me just and and it just your your brain just goes oh that's better yeah that's better the noise of the world just disappears and so does a lot of the confusion the arguments in your head Mm -hmm. and i always i'm always having arguments in my own head with myself and all that kind of problems and it just you get in the water and you go right breathe yeah that's it yeah. breathe swim i really what, could not get over at? how quiet it was and how calm and peaceful i felt when i came out of the water yeah that feeling lasted for a good like three four days of i feel yeah. all serene and calm so yeah i think i think we've got to have a go at diving now Luce. That sounds... i think so oh that's easy we'll sort that out okay I, uh, i'm now obviously through through the well say years four years of diving now i'm i'm now a dive well i will be a dive leader at the end of this month but i'm also an assistant instructor in diving and uh i I also want to drive the dfa side of things which is the diving for all um and i'm getting in contact since being away in grenada for our honeymoon we went diving there uh was uh 18 dives eight days wow so we did all those and we did it with an amazing team over there uh, which are all set up for wheelchairs the guys lift you straight on the boat um they do all the kit for you which i didn't like i was like no, no i'll, I'll do, do my kit <laughs> i'll sort my kit out and then you guys just help me ch- chuck myself in the water yeah. and they're the best people that i've ever seen um in the water with disabled people and and, and treating me no different to them uh, mm. the fact that i can climb up into a boat kind of you know helps but they wouldn't let me do it they said look we pick we'll you up it. it's called diva diving not <laughs> hard diving so they were brilliant and um 
and now I'm going to be working on part with another company called Dive Heart mm. as well, and they're another disabled diving for all disabilities um, diving, and um, and obviously the, one of the guys that I did the, the companies that I did the um, the world records for, which I'll tell you about in a minute, was the um, uh, is the Scuba Trust, and they've been helping disabled people get into diving for 21 years. Really? Um, they've even taken a guy who was C4 complete in his neck complete so the only thing he could do was move his mouth and it don't think he could talk um he couldn't do anything with the rest of his body and they took him diving scuba diving that's incredible five, awesome. five instructors took there him diving there was no excuses i've got to go now no. and I... <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and i can take you in yeah so, you can yeah um no that is just amazing. like i can't and it was after that I was like, Mom, next time we go on holiday, I am buying a snorkel and sticking it, <laughs> you know, just like because yeah. before, like I'd swim in the sea and I was like, I, the, Mom would tell me there was like fish swimming around my feet and it would freak me out. I'd be like, No, like this. Now I'm like, Oh, let's have a look. Can have a look. Yeah, you can put your mask on and go and see. Yeah, him, yeah, you see. Um, so no, but I can completely understand where the whole, you know, yeah. calm and serenity comes from because he, I was just snorkeling and I was like, No, I love this. This is my favorite thing in the world. I was just going to say that 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 feeling, not the not the quiet, but the 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 brain sort of quiet. Yes, um, that's what I I do get that when I go running. Like that's what. Yeah. When I when I run because um because like my balance is not great. Basically, I have to concentrate on mm-hmm. just putting one foot in front of the other and breathing. Otherwise, I fall down mm-hmm. and crash into like the side of the treadmill. So, um. And that it's you do I do like Lucy said that that kind of calm afterwards. It's a bit meditative, isn't it? Because you're having to yeah. concentrate in the moment of what you're doing. And yeah. it's for me, it really helps me just be in my body, yes. rather yeah. than all the the kind of outside stimulus getting there. Like, like mm-hmm. I, I think of it as sort of like like hitting you, like you know, like you're in combat or something, and actually. All of that just falls away and you're just kind of in yourself. And I think that everybody should take, should find something that gives them that. Mm. Yeah. Because I think that's really important for your sort of mental health. So you go, you go running, Alice, and I'll go. I was going to say, you, me me and the dog, me and the dog will paddle in the shallows while you go. You can can sit on the side and watch like it's a swimming lesson. Well, so an- another place actually that you could both go to, which would be really cool, um, is I'm working with Skegness Aquarium. Wow. Um, and if you have a look on the YouTube, you'll see it. It's the first paralysed diver in a shark tank. The oh, BBC I did it that. as well. That's amazing. Um, I would 100% do that. You would not do yeah. that. Would I would. Do that, no, I would do it. I'd do it. They're not going to eat you. You 100% yet. would do it. I'd um, do it. What it is, is um, at Skegness, they've got a four metre deep tank um it's it's quite a big tank and they've got a um i think it's six foot seven foot mm. uh leopard shark in there mm. uh, oh. called nudge and he's called nudge for I a think, reason yeah i think oh. <laughs> i think if you give it a name it's, it doesn't sound less scary does it right like, yeah he's oh, not scary know. he's not scary yeah. at all Nudge called nudge for a reason. Yeah, like, I'm not sure how I feel about a leopard shark nudging me along. Yeah, it's he comes right. down it's... and he gives you a little bit of a cuddle. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so he's he is amazing to dive with, and I'm trying to lead the the DFA diving there. Yeah. Um, we tr- we've been trying to get vets in there, which we have had veterans yeah. in there. We've had obviously me. I've dived there th- four times now, um, mm-hmm. 
and I, I can get any disability in there. Where um, is the? Where is your favourite place? The where you've dived? You've probably dived Grenada. at Grenada. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the actually uh, uh, everybody will laugh at this, but when they hear, especially if anybody is a diver uh, or knows how difficult diving is in the UK. Um, we're known in the UK as some of the hardest divers or hardest place to dive in the world because of our waters. Our waters are turbulent, they're cold, yeah. they're dark, mm. they're, they've got the, some of the most beautiful wrecks in the world here in the UK and that's why a lot of divers come to do the hard training here and then go and do the wreck diving here yeah. but then go to, to the tropical nicer places waters. where the water's warm and yeah yeah it's like getting in the bath <laughs> and you can go down to 40 meters and you can still see everything <laughs> yeah, exactly, um, yeah. whereas in stony cove you go down to 10 and you can't see anything no. um so yeah it, it, it i haven't done any dives anywhere else other than grenada so i've only dived in the uk i've racked up i think i'm on eight no 103 now 104 dives in the u all between the uk or grenada i know did 18 in grenada so um most of my dives are all here um mm. and uh, yeah it's it's really special it's it's obviously hard diving because you're in a dry suit yeah um, so you've got dry suit orientation diving to do uh there's a lot more technical bits because you can't see a lot so you got a lot of navigation diving and low vis diving um but it's all those things that you, like you said um about doing the running mm. you know concentrating on the feet work and concentrating on not falling over diving's the same in the, when you're in the water you've got to concentrate on your kit you've yeah. got to concentrate on have i got gas in this one and i dive on twin sets so i dive two cylinders and they're independent from each other okay um so i have one regulator for one side one regulator for the other side and i have to make sure every 70 bar that i change those regulators over because of my balance mm. and because of breathing reg uh, get, uh, tanks down equally mm. um i have to remember to change them over so it's a constant yeah. um, change all the times so everything is constantly going on in your head especially when you're trying to become instructor as well yeah. you've got to not only look for yourself but, but you've got to watch your well. buddy and their buddy and whoever else is in the water and if you're flying at something or swimming at something fast you've got to maneuver around them yeah. and all that kind of thing so it is it, it's really really busy yeah. but it's the best thing to just you've got to focus on it like you said about the, the you know the uh, running you've got to focus on it because if you don't you could be in trouble yeah. mm. um and that is the best thing because you haven't got a mobile phone next year no. you don't have 50 people around you like all talking and you can hear every conversation going off you don't have it no underwater you've got sign language between one another or you've got put a big point and look <laughs> at that blooming thing over there it's massive you know um and that's pretty much it um and I, that's why i really really like it and mm. I, I want to drive and get more ability for disabled people to do it absolutely um, i think it's great you know the, the yeah. fact that you're advocating for for disabled people to do this type of thing because you know i am of the belief that w you can do anything it might mm. it need slight adapting um yeah maybe there are things that are a bit far flung and you're like okay maybe that is your your limit your own personal limit but if you yeah you just have to think outside the box i think <laughs> And and I think like you know I was saying earlier about how I think I think that there is there is an exercise out there for everyone yeah. that gives them that kind of focus and sort of you know closes off the world. And I think when you say to people you know like there I 
there is an exercise out there that is the right thing for anyone you've just got to find it most people are just like oh well i don't like to run i don't like to lift weights it's like well the idea that there's diving out there in the world it's like like lucy said think outside the box of what might be your thing what might be actually the thing that works really well for you what might be your not your limit um i think because it I cannot express the joy when you find the thing that works for you. Yeah. Well, I find as well that um, swimming and diving, diving especially rather than swimming, because uh, I struggle to, I can't swim on the surface. Really? Um, yeah, because I, because I don't have any abs. Yeah. I, oh, I can't do front yeah. crawl. Yeah, yeah. Um, all I literally I do is just flop side to I, side um, in the water like a jelly. <laughs> my swimming technique, um, I because i can't move my legs at all really when i'm swimming they just sort of lie there like looking yeah. like a pair of legs they're, they're useless um and my swimming technique does look like i am drowning and occasionally when i'm in the swimming pool like you can see the lifeguards looking at me like is she all right or is she no she's i think she's fine and then they're looking yeah. at me they're, they're looking at me but they're trying not to look at me like every time we catch eyes i'm like no don't look at her because it's putting yeah. her off is she choking yet? Yeah. No. <laughs> no she's absolutely <laughs> fine yeah I, I, she, she has snorted water though which uh is, <laughs> my eyes are streaming chlorine and everything but yeah it's uh my my swimming technique is awful uh but i can yeah. do it that's the thing i'm proud that i could do it it's my arms doing all of it that's why it looks like i'm yeah. drowning i'm not drowning everything is still afloat i've got big boobs and a big bum i'm not gonna go anywhere <laughs> um but yeah they're all like oh god she's, she's, she. and i've had lifeguards like try and tell me technique and i'm like Fuck off! Will you just leave me alone? I can do it. It's fine. Um, it's like come, come back to me when your legs don't work. Yeah, exactly. And we'll see what your fucking technique is. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've yeah we've had that. We've I've, I've had people in the pool because um, they, you know, I swim in the pool breaststroke, so it's a hybrid breaststroke, yeah. more like a cable pull down, you know, massive big strokes. Yeah. And, um, and I've had people come in. They go, oh, you know could you not just do a different technique no because i haven't got the abs so no. i can't like everyone says about the um, the, the perfect technique of doing a uh, breaststroke is to pull across and then press it down mm, which yeah. the press down part is absolutely useless yeah you can't if I try do and it. do it all i do is just Sink, dive down you're sinking yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I have a different technique to do it and i've had them i've had loads of people come in through the training that i did for the world records um i had people coming in and i said right get a snorkel mask same as me so you head down in the water you ain't got to worry too much about the breathing keeping above air and uh, you know surface and stuff and just go for it and see how long you can keep yourself without using your legs keep yourself afloat in the water and swim and they get two laps that's it really two two lengths in the water and i don't know if i I don't know if i do that (laughs) the thing is my there's a thing in my brain that when i get in water my body sort of like my brain gets overexcited it's like oh yeah go like try like Mm. uh, and so i splash about a bit and then i have to calm myself down (laughs) so my brain my my brain goes okay we can't use our legs it's fine and then i when i'm swimming i have to not think about swimming because as soon as i think about what i'm doing my legs go oh let me help you you're trying to swim so it's like my brain knows what it needs to do so it's trying to send the signals but the signals won't go and my legs are like what the hell are you what like i don't do anything it's like an in-betweeners moment why won't you work yeah yeah (laughs) and um 
My mum's going, my mum has to swim by the side of me and she's going, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Because as soon as I start thinking like, oh, I'm swimming, my brain goes, oh, yeah, we're swimming. Like, yeah. Like, and it's... Have a it dory moment. Yeah. Just keep yeah. swimming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, need the, you need that switch off so that you're just kind of thinking about what your body's actually, actually doing. doing. Not not going, I'm in the water, splashing is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the mermaid coming out of me, really, isn't it? Splashing about. But yeah, You it's... just want to freak the lifeguard out. That's all it is, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Panicking some poor 17-year-old lad who's like, I don't know, don't, I've never been in the water before. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's See how funny. good they really are. Yeah, yeah. Dan, can, why don't you tell us about your world records? Yeah, so uh, the little splash that we decided to do. Um <laughs> So it all it all started after my um, IFC, which is my instructor foundation course, um, and a Marg, her name is a Margaret Marg, um, at Stony Cove said to me, we were sat in the pub debriefing, and she said, oh, have you ever done a, a swim around the cove? I was like, all the way around the cove? I'll never manage that. It's 20 meters deep. I can't, I haven't got the gas to get around the cove. Not a chance. And she said, no, 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 you do it about six meters deep. And you go all the way around the outside of the cove. Um, it's a real challenge. It's really difficult to do because it's a long way, and you've got to maintain your gas. And and but it's it, it's a challenge because of keeping your depth exactly the same as well. So that's quite a, quite a mm. difficult thing to do, especially when you have no reference. So if you had a wall next to you that was level, and you could just go, oh yeah, I'll follow that. That's easy. Mm. If you have rock faces that come that are coming down on a slant, they're not even square to your face. It's actually quite a technically difficult thing to do. So, and she also said you get to see everything, all the wildlife that's in here, as in the pike. They have big pike in there. Um, they're huge. Um, they're like fish. Oh, they're they're really good to swim next to though. When they're when they're in their environment next to you, instead of trying to catch one and hold it in your hand, sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you're swimming next to them, and there, there's just shoals of little tiny fish. There's all sorts in their rud tench. Um. They're all in there, and when they're swimming and you're swimming, it's like you're in their world, not mm. not them in yours, mm. and um. So she said to do it, and she said it was a challenge. That was the problem. She said it was a challenge. And as soon as somebody challenges yeah, you're me, like, right. it's red rag to a ball. Give it me. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I said, well, okay. I went away, and I was thinking, I can do this. Let's make it difficult. So uh, I then thought about... <laughs> so the, so when the nice lady says, here's a really, really difficult thing. You're like, I'm going to make it harder, and then yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I bet your wife thinks you're a bloody nightmare. I bet she's like, oh yeah. my God, what now? Yeah. <laughs> Please just sit still. <laughs> she, she generally does say to me, no, you're not doing it. Yes, you are doing it. <laughs> and it's uh, it, she says no and then instantly realizes he's gonna do it anyway so i might as well encourage him yeah. um so yeah we, we decided that or i decided that it'd be a stupid or great idea to i actually originally looked at doing 10k because i thought you know 10 kilometers is a long way it's it's a, a distance that can be measured via world guinness world records gwr as well um and then I started doing the maths and working it out and realised 10k is physically impossible to do in Stony Cove. Mm. Um, there is a world record out there actually that stands via a disabled guy as the uh, fastest 10 kilometer scuba dive. However, I know I just know by looking at you, you've got your eyes set on that, haven't you? 
No, because <laughs> there's there's a big no with it is is the fact that and I don't want to slate the guy because he's done it. He's got a he's got his world record and it's been verified and that. Yeah, it was a drift dive. Okay. It, 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 there's corals all around him, <laughs> which means corals only grow in fast-moving water. Yeah. And it, yeah, yeah. And I, I, we were looking at how he's done it and everything, and his swim stroke and everything. And I was thinking, he's swimming twice my speed, and I'm swimming faster than him. So <laughs> how is he doing it? Uh, uh, yeah. It, 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 but it was in the sea, where that's why uh, I, I wanted to say, right, I'm setting my world record in a cove in Stony Cove in a quarry, which is pretty. It, it's, it's, it is a spring-fed quarry, but there is no currents. No, no so it's still it's, water, it's, isn't it? Yeah, it's a completely neutral environment. Yeah. There's no tides to, that I can use. There's no streams that I can use. There's no tidal flow. There's nothing I can the use. The work's all on, on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, it's cold. It's cold water, not in the sea. So we have to be wearing all the protection. You have to be in a dry suit. You have to be, um, I originally was going to be in my twin set BCD, which is buoyancy controlled device, which you'll, you'll have seen divers use big jacket, um, mm. and with two cylinders on the back and all that kind of thing. Um, that all changed after I started working out how to get faster and got lots of other people involved. So, uh, it changed. The plan changed from the 10 because they said, don't be so stupid. You'll kill yourself. And plus, you can't do it that deep because I didn't want to do it shallow. I wanted to do it between six and eight meters, mm. somewhere around there. Ended up being between five and eight meters. But um, I wanted it to be a proper, what I would consider a proper dive instead of a deep snorkel. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I, so I, I did the maths. I worked it out and we said, right, okay, physically and actually humanly possible really by and logistics you can only do 5k so you can only do five laps so i went back to uh, gwr and said to them guinness world records i said i want to do five laps uh stony cove which is five kilometers or just over five kilometers and they said mm, we don't do a five kilometer category and i'm like okay <laughs> right so what what do we do now then and after lots of arguing to and fro they said well you can't have one because we can't give you five kilometers we don't measure in that distance we do um we do a, a th 100 meters 400 meters uh one kilometer one mile and then 10 kilometers right that's our set categories that we do okay. and i was like right okay so they came back and said you can't have one but you can have three and i'm like right okay well i'll do three then so we did um the fastest one kilometer mm. uh no sorry the fastest one mile scuba dived uh and this is for able bodies as well to take take me on so a normal able bodied person can take me on on this um with a swimming band so all it is is an elastic band tied around your ankles to stop you from using your feet okay uh, right yeah. yeah i mean not necessarily a problem for you you massively anyway if you're not exactly <laughs> using your like, legs anywhere. Put 20 it's bands like, around my feet, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to work. Yeah. But So even though I'm paralysed, yeah. I still had to have the band around oh my ankles my <laughs> to, keep, really to stop me from using it's my like, legs. It's like, it's like, no, 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 we've got to tick this box. We yeah. know it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But th what they said is if it's seen by other people, able-bodied people, they could go, well, he weren't wearing a band. Yeah, I suppose. So... I had to wear the band. Yeah. So that was one world record. The second world record is exactly the same thing, but for disability. So it okay. was the fastest one mile scuba dived in fresh open water 
via an MP2, which is muscle paralysis two. Right. And that is from here down. So no no use of core. Right. Um, and no use of legs. Right. So again, able-bodied people can take me on in it on the able-bodied challenge because I wanted a. I don't know how to say it without being no PC, but I wanted a proper world record that's actually going to be in the book instead because all the paralysed and dis- so yeah, disability book, ones aren't in there because no. they. <laughs> Cause I mean, actually, like that's that's quite bad. I think. Mm. I think they will bring I out a book eventually um, for disability categories. I th- well, they'll have to. Um, <laughs> Why is it filling yeah. up fast? <laughs> well, I d- yeah, I think. Is it just is it just you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the big book of Dan. <laughs> at the at the minute, I don't know how many world records there is for disability categories, but there is a lot of categories in the disability side of things mm. i don't know there's a lady that's done the, the longest leg press and all this sort of stuff with one leg and all that kind of thing so there is a lot out there but it's mainly um, so, you uh, and i think mm, maybe <laughs> or it will be eventually um but i think they should bring out uh, you know equally as much as the the guinness world records book absolutely. should be yeah. disability absolutely. world records as well i, th- I think there's... that's our um i think that's going to be our next on a big campaign, I think that I'm really surprised. I thought you were going to say like, you yeah. want me to do a world record attempt. <laughs> yeah, why not? Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know what I'd do though. The longest disability podcast we have probably already. <laughs> it was probably, yeah, uh, probably, yeah. yeah. Twenty-four hour podcast. Yeah. So, so yeah. So the second, the second one was uh, as an MP2, still the same mile. So blasting that mile out as fast as physically possible was the key to that part. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would involve two cylinder changes because I can only get around half a lap each time right. um, on my twin cylinders. So obviously it's huge work there, changing cylinders underwater, mm. drinking underwater. I was going to say, you've got to do it as quickly as possible. Yep, and it's all yeah. going to be done underwater as well. So it's it's you can't come to the surface and change cylinders because you've stopped diving mm. once you've come to the surface. So mm. it's, uh, yeah, changing cylinders Did you feel like you were in form- like Formula 1? Yeah, yeah. In yeah, a pit, pit stop. Yep. Yeah, I pull in two divers either side of me, bang, 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 and they're they're off. New reg in, new change reg, and bang, we're off again. Wow. So the fastest they managed to get two cylinders changed was two and a half minutes. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Like, that's rapid for for changing two cylinders underwater and doing QDs and all that sort of stuff for my regs, and that is really really quick. So we got that down to a good art and going fast and and stuff, and then. I wanted to do the longest distance one, which stupidly I told Guinness World Records that I wanted to do 5K. And what Guinness do when you want to set a world record is you tell them what you want to do, and then they take that, and if they think it's not good enough, they will give you the parameters. So they will give you the distance or you the the target to beat. Right. Um, whereas what they did with me is I was stupid enough to say I want to do 5K, and they said, okay, well, we'll set the record at 5K then. Now you've got to beat it. So oh, yeah. I had no choice well, see, but to beat could 5K. Do that. I didn't know that. Well, I didn't know mm. that Guinness World Records. This might sound stupid. Guinness World Records. If like so, that record before you said I want to do 5K didn't exist. No, no. I always thought like these records existed, and that's what I didn't realize that no. they went okay. I mean, someone's got to be the first to do something. Exactly. Yeah, but surely yeah. if like Dan says I want to do five, and nobody has ever done five, then but they they the purpose of the records is kind of a it it's a demonstration of of skill and 
and determination and ability. So they can't be like, oh, yeah. You, that sounds you, really whatever, easy, but there's your certificate. Well, yeah. yeah. Or, and, and whatever you do it in is going to, like, that's good enough for the record. Like, Dan could be like, I want to do 5K, but I'm going to do it in six weeks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, Over the period not... of a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, yeah, so, yeah, I can kind of understand we, that. We set the 5K or they set the 5k benchmark to beat um luckily i had to get the oh, i had so much trouble with with the with uh, the logistics of it i had to get a surveying team in mm. to survey the cove mm. to prove how far round it is even though i've got open water swimmers going there every single day and we can use their garmin tracking yeah. that they track when they swim nope not good enough we needed professional surveyors to do it um so they had to come in and they had to tell us where to put the two the two boys as well for the mm. mile yeah. so we we clocked the mile and then we just carried on going after that we just carried round, on going. around around uh, yeah yeah and um so luckily the cove worked out that it was one point nearly 1.1 kilometers so it was 1.08 or something like that kilometers long which means i only had to do five laps and mm. i'd done more than five kilometers yes. and it actually came out at uh 5246 meters so i beat the 5k by 246 meters Amazing. um but the important parts were the speed in the mile in the one mile mm. that was the important one and they gave me two hours to complete that um and i smashed it in one hour 28 of course minutes. you did so yeah. that gives a benchmark for people to beat you are a machine <laughs> try to so, <laughs> i i did my i've got my my mile swimming badge from when i was like 12 <laughs> yep and uh and to get that in my local swimming pool i had to swim 64 lengths 64 lengths yeah that's what I've been doing every week. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, just to give people a bit of context, that 64 lengths of the pool, and what did you say, 128? Yeah, but that's scuba diving. If exactly. I'm, if I'm so doing it on surface diving, I do that in 58 minutes. Yeah. So it's, I just wanted to give people a bit of context to understand quite what you achieved. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a long way. And, it, yeah. Uh, and the drag of obviously, having all your your scuba kit on as well mm. you've got i ended up having a wing um and side mounts so mm. i ended up actually having my cylinders here underneath my underneath my armpits or along my side um did that and... hamper did that sort of change the technique a little bit or a, a little bit if anything increased it really because yeah because a bcd wraps around Rounds, your waist yeah so that it can lift you up at surface and all that sort of stuff we don't really need the buoyancy on the front no um, when you've got a dry suit on so when you've got the dry suit on you can inflate your dry suit and, and that's a huge buoyancy yeah, device and you just go straight to the surface yeah. um, and it'll hold you up right in, the, in the water as well yeah. um, so I, I luckily I got in contact with some actually really special people I had a very special day because everybody we was talking to and we were, I've been now connected with like some of the best dives in the world um, and talking to people that absolutely blow my mind in the diving world um, and they're like you're, you're insane why do you want to do that and, <laughs> and, and and i'm thinking no actually you're insane you're like the best diver in the world and you know and i was talking to them and I've, i mean i don't know whether you guys have ever seen um 13 lives or the thailand rescue yes i've watched half of it yeah. because my mom fell asleep and was like turn this off i want to watch the end of it so i've not seen the yep. end of it yet but i know what happens um yeah and, so... but it was giving me that film was giving me claustrophobia just watching it 
was like, yeah. I can't. I feel like I can't breathe. It's. Uh... Was it the film or the documentary that you watched? The film. Well, I think I've watched the documentary as well. I think. Yeah. But a long time ago. So I definitely would advise to watch the documentary because that's yeah. the re- that's the real side of it. Yeah. It's not been. It's it's not been Hollywooded no. if you want to say it. Um, but the guy from that, you'll know him, Rick Stanton. Mm-hmm. He, English diver, mm-hmm. English cave diver. They said, you know, we need the best cave divers in the world. Where do we go? England. Rick. Yeah. And that was it. So they came to England. They got Rick. They got another couple of guys. And I cannot remember his name. But the the amazing day for me was I was connected with Sally Cartwright from the dive chamber. So Midlands dive chamber. Also connected with, she got me connected with Robert Thomas and Michael Thomas, um, father and son duo that are cave divers. Some of the best cave divers in the UK. Mm and also side mount instructors so they were going to teach me to use the side mount kit right um and diving it because i would never dived in it before and then i'm going to go i'm going to do a world record in it so they taught me how to use that uh safely and how to adapt it for me as well for my body because we had to change a few of the dump valves and things because it doesn't work for disabled people um so we did that and uh and then on this day they said right rick's coming uh, sorry no rick they said um so Sal's come in, Rob's come in, Michael's come in. And then Sal said, oh, I've rang somebody else. He might turn up, he might not. But it'd be a bit of a surprise for you. I was like, oh, okay, you know, God knows who's going to turn up. And uh, <laughs> and we're kitting up. We're sorting out this gear and trying to work out what goes where and all that sort of thing. And talking to Rob, Michael, and then she shouts, oh, you decided to turn up then. You've decided to adult today. And uh, and uh, walking across the car parks, Rick Stanton. Wow. And I'm just like, are you serious? Is that Rick? I said, hello, mate. You're all right. And he's like, yeah, you. Yeah, we're going diving. I was like, yeah, yeah. Right. Amazing. <laughs> just like one of my hero guys turns up, stands there, and he's no different to us. No. Absolutely no different to us. No. He's, he's a right laugh, a brilliant guy, and was just all the time just like, we well, don't want to do that. Why don't, why don't we do this? And I'm like, Rick, that's 40 years old, man. Let's get something newer and safer. Yeah. He's like, no, no, More just you'll be date. fine. <laughs> so Amazing. one of my one of my claims to fame that I did to him um, was uh, in the first fifteen minutes of speaking to him, I said to him, "I've got a I've got a surprise for you today." And he's like, "Okay, what's that then?" And I said, "You're not going to use your fins all day. You're going to use my webs." Yeah. So <laughs> I've I've made a set of webs uh, for diving. You guys will have seen them for open water swimming, but they don't really exist in the diving world because they they've got to be a lot tougher, yeah. completely different, full glove. Um, so I've got two sets of webs made by Northern Divers, um, which we're trying to get made f- mainstream yeah. because lots of other people will benefit from not just disability. Mm. Um, and I said to him, you're going to wear my webs all day and you're going to dive side mount in the webs like I dive. Yeah. So you're going to dive paralyzed today and Fabulous. you're not allowed to use your fins. Yeah. And he went, all right. And he did. He put them on. He nearly drowned himself twice, <laughs> which was hilarious. <laughs> Uh, he got himself stuck in his necklace. He has a necklace that holds the regulators onto yeah, your neck. Yeah. Um, and he, they've got clips, snap clips on them. Well, the web between the thumb and the fourth in the forefinger, he got stuck oh, with no. one. Oh, no. And then he was like, um, um, and he sat, <laughs> he sat on the surface, like struggling because he can't get his regs. And then he goes to get it with the other hand and gets that one stuck. Oh, my. <laughs> so he's completely, like, you know, flapping yeah. around on the surface with no regulator in. And they're all laughing their head off, saying, come on, Rick, just, just adult for once. <laughs> And he said, oh, I'm going to drown in Stony Cove. <laughs> of all the things uh, I've done. Yeah. 
So it was a yeah, a really, really amazing day to to be able to dive with him. How did you feel when they sort of said to you? I mean, did you know in your mind were you pretty certain that you were when gonna you get got out? Did you think I've done it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I knew. I already knew. You knew. Um, yeah, because so to do all of the data and all of the everything else that we had to do was I had to have a camera guy behind me the whole time. Yeah. So Robert Thomas was on a thirteen thousand pound rebreather. Um, sat behind me the whole time so he was in the same time I was in right um, but he wasn't obviously swimming like I was because no. he had a big scooter in front of him yeah so he was being pulled along every yeah. now and again as well as thinning but so we had that we also had a SMV which is surface marker boy and that was attached to my ass um, we had a <laughs> clip basically a speed clip that was attached to my backside uh, on a d-ring and that went up to surface on a um, fishing line yeah a high visibility fishing line um, and then on top of that was what you would class as a little bit like what kids have in the pool when they learn to swim afloat. Yes. Yeah. But it was made for triathletes. So they're a bit more technical yeah. kind mm. of one, a bit more hydrodynamic. Yeah. And um, so we had that on surface with my Garmin watch attached to it, GPS tracking me. So we we got that all connected up. Um, and so it was tethered to me. It can't go anywhere. Uh, we also had a kayak following me on surface for five and a half hours. Um, wow. to knock knock the SMB out of the way when it tried to get hooked on things like the jetty and yeah, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. So they knocked it out of the way. Um, but the, the the part where I knew, I obviously I knew I'd done the out, I knew I'd done the mile because I've got computers on. So I had a computer on my head and looked like a right idiot <laughs> on my head. Um, and then I had, um, I also had my Shearwater computer on my wrist as well. And obviously the reason why I went for one on my face uh, which is called a hood heads up display um, is because if you imagine swimming like this your computer on your arm is going around mm. like a disco ball yeah, in front of your yeah, face exactly. so you cannot read it no. unless you stop swimming then look at it and when you're racing for an hour and a half you need to yeah you can't you can't stop and see how deep you are or what time you're at and all no. that sort of stuff so I knew that we'd done the mile mm -hmm. because I already had it clocked and I knew what that, that I knew I'd done it in an hour and a half or under um and it ended up turning that hour and 28 but then obviously then it sets in and you go right now it's endurance now let's start trucking away through and mm. just swimming um and it was really good it was the um the last lap actually and i knew that when we pulled into the change station where we call the bus stop yeah. is a uh it's, it's a you know a, a well just a platform above your head really with a big long ladder down we call it the bus stop yeah. i knew when i went there that we had underwater speakers there and they could talk to me from above right. so i had comms in the water yeah. and i had them all shouting at me going just stick to your line you're absolutely smashing it the garmin because we've got the uh kayaker on surface katiana she could look at the garmin she could tell exactly how far i'd been because it's written on the screen so she was relaying to them how far i'd been they then relayed to me underwater and said if you keep on your course you're going to smash it it you're, you're looking like you're over a hundred meters further than the 5k already mm. and i was like well working out in my head whilst trying to swim at the same time mm. after doing five hours of swimming <laughs> thinking well it, that means i'll get round to there and i'll be 5.2 something like that yeah mm. that'll do that'll yeah, do that'll, that'll be do, good that'll so, do. I, so i wrote it down on the slate saying um because we have slates underwater to write on whilst they're changing cylinders on me and i'm having a drink and writing something down i wrote on the slate saying last lap 
and because um, they were questioning six laps or five did i want to go for six or did i want to stay on five mm-hmm. and i was like well it's going to be more than five kilometers so five because i'm knackered yeah um mm-hmm. and uh so i put i put down last lap that got fired up to the surface and then we set off and i went swimming and i knew that when i put when i pulled into the next change station which was a platform um lowered down in mid-water yes. we lowered down at seven meters on there because the other side we're at, we're on a on a slant on a on a base mm. so we're on the floor at that side but on the other side of the cove it's a 25 meter drop straight below you so i was on the on a platform set at seven meters deep and um i pulled in there and i knew straight away as i pulled in if there were two white cylinders they've both got 50% oxygen in them so they're molasses cylinders if they were yellow cylinders they're nitrox cylinders which add 32% yeah. in and now I'm doing another lap yeah. so it was like it's now in the hands of my team above me I've told them I only want to do five but if they think it's not going to happen or not going to be far enough they're going to make me do six mm. and I was just up I pulled in and I was absolutely blowing out my arse <laughs> <laughs> I pulled in and I saw two white cylinders I was like oh thank for that and uh, as I, I pulled in I laid there and they were all like yeah they were all absolutely bouncing off the walls of and they, were. they were all like giving me thumbs up and telling me you're doing great and, I, and I'm like I'm just, <laughs> I'm I want to yeah. sleep now please I did I told them I said I'm going to sleep and uh, and they said oh, no, come on come on come on and then I looked and my wife Eve yeah. and Andy Jarvis had dropped down for the final lap so he he was like the do diving officer of the day um and eve obviously my wife Mm. a new qualified newly qualified ocean diver so she's just just qualified and everything and she was in to do the last half lap with me so it was absolutely fantastic and to get on two cylinders of 50 percent o2 was just like "Mm, that's better and (laughs) that's it we we set off um and we yeah we we finished it (laughs) and the guys thought i was going to go do another lap because i went past the finish line and kept going (laughs) and they're like where's he bloody going (laughs) so they stopped me they pulled me up i was like yeah okay let's go so we came to the surface and it was just like 50 people screaming Amazing. and shouting and going clapping and everything i was like that's noisy <laughs> because I, I, for the past now, five hours all i've heard is me breathing through regulators yeah, and yeah. making i can make regulators make noises yeah. so i'm a bit like a, a bit like a whale underwater I can make a <laughs> and they start beeping <laughs> and I've been. I was messing about doing that. I was singing to myself whilst going round. And how you, that's uh, how you entertain yourself underwater for an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. Well, five, five and a half hours in total. So, yeah, yeah it was an absolute mammoth of a of a journey. God. To be fair. Did you have the the official from the Guinness World Record person oh, there no. in the seat? No. No, you didn't. Because when no, I used to watch record a... breakers as a kid, there was always some stuffy stuck adjudicator up adjudicator with a suit on mm-hmm. who just didn't look joyful at all with a clipboard <laughs> something that i'm going to say really bad about the um the world record uh guinness world records gwr it's a money-making scheme yeah and to have just for just for the cost of me registering my own charity my own charitable uh event mm. which is what i'm trying to do has cost like 600 pounds so far um, wow however if I want to fast track that, it's six hundred pounds for the entry to fast track it. Instead of taking three months, it takes a week. Right. It's and further like four hundred and something quid when you've finished. Yeah. To fast track the finish as well. Wow. But if you want an adjudicator there, 
it starts £8,000. You are geez. you are joking. Yep, £8,000. Well, that's why they were on uh, Record Breakers on the BBC. There you go. So when you see them on... £8,000? Um, yeah, yeah. For a so, fella in a suit for a stand cl- there with a clipboard. I, listen, go, I could have caught um, in a suit and a clipboard and just pretended to be... The I'd do it for half that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, I'd so do for, it for them a to turn up, it starts at 8000 <laughs> So you can wow. imagine that's about 45 minutes of their time for £8,000. If I wanted them there for the whole event, oh. five and a half hours, we would be looking like fifteen, £16,000 for them to be there. And it was just, it's not happening. We haven't even raised that. <laughs> so, and also, I and think... And it's for charity. Exactly. And I think as well, it would kind of ruin the, you know, when you'd finished and you would got some sort of sour-faced person with a clipboard go in i'd have dragged them in um, I'd yeah, you're coming in, me, here. You're coming in the water um yeah i, I think it would have ruined it because i would have just be looking at them going are they enjoying themselves i am joyous yeah. uh, why are you not joyous um yeah. yeah no that's crazy yeah so it's it, at the minute it's not official right. guinness world records we know it's a world record yes. it's just not yet guinness world record um we've got over 50 people were there the whole day right. watching this so we we know ourselves mm. it's unequivocal we've done it we've got all the data we've got all the proof i've got two dive computers i've got a garmin watch everything that got, proves we did it you've uh, got um what's the word like people witnesses witnesses yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i've got i've got a witness in a kayak that was there yeah, the whole exactly. day above my and she could see me in the water i've got mm. you know divers that were with me like robert thomas was mm. there the whole day with me so he's got his computer to prove he's done it and his time in the water yeah. uh, and all the other divers that came in and did uh, you know half a lap with me they've got all their time um so we all know that we've done it but yeah. now it's over to gwr and we've got to send the data and the files is about five and a half six inches thick of paperwork <laughs> because wow. it's three guinness world records so oh, it's not, yes of course it's not one bit of data Tripled. off it's three lots yeah, of everything yeah um and then they've got to verify it and the worst part is that they said the whole entire dive has to be recorded video recorded unedited unbroken footage now this is where we had a huge problem is I built a massive camera rig, which you can see if you go on my YouTube channel, I've got it all on there. Um, I built a big camera rig to record us. Um, however, there was a bit of a problem. It when it, it had already been tested for five and a half, nearly six hours at 10 meters down. Mm. So it was absolutely fine. It'd been tested at depth and we weren't worried about it. However, for some unknown weird and wonderful reason, as lovely technology and, and things go, the only bit that I didn't build, which was the back doors that screw on, um, they failed on the morning. Oh. And we chucked the camera rig in the water and it didn't even get past two metres. And Rob showed me the camera housing half full of water. Oh, and I'm no. like, oh, shit. And so I was like, right, abort, get to the surface, let's not start this. So we got to the surface, we shouted out, you know, and I was in this horrendous situation where I'm thinking they're going to cancel the dive oh, on me. Everyone's God. everyone's going to stop the I dive. I was going to say, you are you either do it and you don't get the video proof and then maybe don't get the record, the record yeah. or you don't do it and you've, dr- you've got everybody there, you've psyched yourself up, you're ready. And you've got to resubmit the record oh, as well. Oh, man, I would have oh, been in the corner having a right paddy. 
was going to say. I was. Yeah, I could, I could imagine, yeah. <laughs> um, I was having a complete and utter, am I going to lose my temper? Am I going to Johnny Raw pants? Did you just have to kind of like um, count to ten? Yeah, I, I just sat there and I was like, I was getting raged up. And then everyone was like, look, uh, what I didn't know what was going off on the key side is everybody was going we're doing this he's not waiting is he we are going to carry up we're doing it it stands you know world record mm. it's his it's his challenge mm. for charity so we're we're supporting him and we're doing it and all i could see was people running about left right and center and what they were all doing was going up to even strangers in the car park uh, which is some of the best best bits that i've got from this is diving's a shitty world yeah. and uh organizations don't really like each other so you've got paddy Bezac, so uh, obviously British Tobacco Club is, is me, I'm, I'm with them. Uh, then you've got RAID, you've got SSI, you've got um, TDI. There's loads of different organisations that all do different stuff and they all train slightly differently and they all think each one's better than the other. But we had all those organisations stood there on the side all together Mm-hmm. combined and all running around trying to find GoPro cameras from complete strangers in the car park. Can we steal your camera because we need it? And everybody said yes. Oh. So I ended up with, I think it was six different GoPro cameras. Wow. I mean, that's enough, isn't it? Really? You know? So we had one at a time and they were being charged and they were coming back out of the water. Rob Thomas behind me was just an absolute demon with with the gopro cameras he's like right yeah this one bank started it going and then oh yeah okay that's done send it up get me another one and then he's off with it again and ea did a fantastic job the problem will be is up to guinness world records as to whether they agree that it all has been recorded because if there's a little bit missing here Mm. there's a little bit missing there those couple of seconds with him changing cameras it's almost like you could have done something with somebody like just catching those few seconds where the GoPro was switched off and being changed, like with their phone the, over the water well, the going, is, still there. Yeah. Well, the thing is, we've got proof of four... four um... You've got the trackers, like, yep. to show that yeah. you're conti- you're moving during... And they yep. only have to line the timestamps and stuff up. But yep. whether they will be snotty about it well the thing is you know we've got uh four independent witnesses on the day that were that were all writing down continuously all day long uh we had two um independent timekeepers which one was from british cycling or done lots of british cycling and the other one was from powerboat racing um so we've got two people that are completely not linked together um no and they're not like your mates going yeah he did it yeah exactly yeah so were all the independent witnesses i've never met them before apart from that day um same as katiana in the uh, kayak she was actually drafted in the day before because um the person that was going to do it the day mm. before ended up taking his mom to hospital wow. uh, and i was like oh shit we don't have mm. a kayaker we're, we're in trouble mm. um so and and everybody had a ring around she said yeah yeah i'll do it and she did five and a half hours mm. in a kayak just milling around on the surface around <laughs> behind <about>. me <laughs> knocking a bloody smb out of the way in case it got you know tangled up mm. um and she could see me the whole time as well so she's yeah. going to write a report yeah. to say i could physically see him the whole time um so yeah i think i think we've done we've got it um but if they go and you like you say you be snotty about it and say actually you haven't fulfilled all of our rules um mm. we want to be fair to everybody mm. um and no you haven't got it then you know that's that's on them 
but the downside is we don't have a right to appeal with mm. Guinness World Records. I mean... So if they say no for any reason, you can't go back and say, well, this is why that, this is why this, this is why that. So our paperwork has to be as tight as anything. questioned on everything. Yeah. So we have to be mm. like, I have to look at our paperwork and I've got my wife Eve because I'm not, I'm, I'm dyslexic and I struggle like hell with paperwork. Mm. Um, and I, I don't put my fist through the computer before completing the paperwork. <laughs> so I said, uh, you know, she's doing the paperwork and a friend of ours, Chloe, who's part of the club, she's doing the paperwork as well. So yeah. she's really good at admin stuff and that kind of thing. And that's their jobs. I feel so, nervous for you. Like, oh, I've got nervous belly for you every time you talk. Like, it, you're talking about it, I'm like, oh, God. It's one of them. But the thing is, at the end of the day, we know we've already done it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I, lots of people have said to me, you know, if Guinness say no, mm. you're not having it, will you go back and do it again? And prove? That was going to be my question. I don't know whether I will. I'll, I would definitely go back and smash the mile again, because if mm. I didn't know, if I thought, well, I haven't got five and a half hours to swim in total, I've only got an hour and 28 minutes to mm. beat, mm. then I'd break that easily. But if somebody said, do you want to do the full event again? I I think I would do it, but I'd have to have a much bigger team with the media side of things, with the cameras and everything. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, it's whether the people want it. It's the team. It's whether not they me. Want to do it again. I, yeah, I, I, I can physically do it again. That's not a problem. It's, but the it's team sort of convincing is everybody massive. else, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And it, it was. And it's a, a bit big ask, isn't it? To be like, oh, yeah. hey, give give up basically another day. Yeah. So that I can do the uh, the thing for me mm. because it's your record at mm. the yeah. end of the day. Mm. You know, yeah. is I can understand that. And and the thing is, like this time it was done for charity. We yeah. did it mm. for a reason for charity. Next time we'd be doing it just to beat a, a world record that mm. we know we'd already set. Just to set. make a point. Yeah. So when do you, so, when do you think you'll know? Like when? Well, it can t- after we've submitted all this evidence, which is not going to be for at least a couple of weeks. Right. Um, we will we they then have three and a half months or three months to come to back come to back us to you, right. unless we pay for the fast tracking um, so sometime in the spring hopefully yes will you let us yes. know because i am oh, invested yeah. in this yeah, definitely definitely we'll let you know um, thank you dan you, you guys are going to be part of diving anyway yeah so <laughs> <laughs> you um you talked about the fact that you did this these records uh for charity do you want to talk to us a little bit about the charity that you're raising money for and how people can support you with yeah that would be really good because obviously you know we're coming up towards the end of the um uh, the, the page being open the page is on just giving um if somebody types in on google just uh on google it's uh wheels dance at w-h-e-e-l-s-d-a-n all one word and then 2022 that will take you straight to just giving page um or it's go on just giving and type in wheels dan and you'll find me because that wheels dan's kind of like my name um fairly obvious wheels yeah. um so yeah that, that that we're doing it it's on that page but it's for um three organizations so the magpass air ambulance which is the orange air ambulance you see in the sky not the yellow one that's lincolnshire magpass is the guys that scraped me up off the road eight years ago and saved my life um so i owe them loads um the scuba trust like i've said to you already uh you know taking divers in the water for 21 years um all disabled divers and it's all charitable so you don't pay for your training if you're disabled with those guys um i didn't know about them when i was doing my training unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> um 
and then the other ones is Stony Cove themselves, and they're not a charity, so they're not going to get an equal share. They're right. going to get less of a share yeah. because they're not a charity. But what it is for is to get better disabled facilities for for them because they're going to work with me, I hope. Um, but the the facilities there aren't great. No. It's not built. Diving World is not built for disabled divers, which is what I'm trying to change. The We're getting there. We are getting there. Um, but things like disabled toilets, there is only one disabled toilet there. It doesn't have a drain in that toilet, so you can't really get changed in there. Otherwise, well, even though I do. Uh, so sometimes you go up there in a soaking wet dry suit that's leaked. You're full mm. of water. So what do you do? You can't get changed in the disabled toilet. No. So the only place for you to take all of your clothes off is on the quayside in front of everyone. <laughs> I mean... Now, for me... <laughs> So... I'm not. It is what it is. You know, it's everybody else looks around and go, "What the bloody hell?" Are you, doing? <laughs> you know, yeah, and getting yourself naked on the side of a quayside. But the worst part is the quayside obviously is where everybody else walks, so it's not exactly. particularly clean. Um, mm. And also, it's key blocks, so there's little stones and gravel and all sorts of bits about you that, for me, being paralysed means I've got no muscle on my ass. No. Um, and if I transfer or bounce onto a stone on my seat bones, that can be three and a half months, six months in bed yeah. or in hospital to fix that, which mm. a lot of your, you know, your guys that listen to this will know about anyway. Um, you know, pressure sores and things like that are just a nightmare we don't want to be facing. No. Um, so that issues are what I'm trying to fix. Getting changed on the floor in the car parks, in gravel, in dirt and all that kind of thing. I want to change that. It's all right for an able-bodied diver that stands up mm. and just mm. takes off their kit and they're still stood up. Mm. They can stand on a towel and yeah. the only thing they get dirty is their feet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are scrabbling around in the dirt, lying down, trying to pull your bloody trousers up and all that sort of stuff. So I want to change it and get disabled facilities there. Yeah. Uh, they have changing rooms, but they have no ramps to get in them. No. <laughs> they don't have any disabled facilities in those changing rooms because they don't have the ramps no. to get in there. So yeah. And also, I think, yeah. I think society at large would think, why would a disabled person want to go diving and, you know, that kind of thing well, anyway? why not? Yeah, exactly. That's, if we exactly. think, why not? Say. But everybody yeah. else would be like, why would they want to do it? You know? Yeah, because it's the most freeing experience that they is. can do. And that is what I want to, you know, push forward to people. Absolutely. Um, Definitely well, there you go. I think I think we've got a trip to Stony Cove in our uh, sites oh, yeah. in the new year. And um, <laughs> I think if... let's get you two in uh, Skegness Aquarium. Okay. Yeah. All right. That'll be okay. the, that'll be a good one. And you could even oh, do God. a podcast from inside the aquarium. How about that? That would be. That would cool. be. Cool. We've got. We've actually got the kit to do uh, on location broadcast now. But no, I don't know well, if we've got the kids to do underwater. Maybe not underwater, but we could do it like in the gift shop. <laughs> oh no, I can I can sort the underwater bit out. We've got ocean reef masks there, so these masks are what you've seen on yeah, Thailand Rescue things. things like full face mask, yeah. and they have communic they have comms inside them, so you can hear. They're one-way comms, so what we'd have to do is we'd have to change the mask so that you guys had the instructor's mask on, and you'd be able to talk back yes, to the outside yeah, yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. And the, the outside world would be able to hear you yeah. from inside the tank. 
um, which would be really quite cool. I think Dan's that, joining our production that, crew. Really <laughs> Dan's joining our production crew. That's it. It's not the idea is not for me to do the diary; it's for you to do the diary. I know. Thank you, Dan. This has been an absolutely fa- fa- fascinating episode. Uh, thanks yes, so much for joining fun. us. Um, if you Definitely send worth us it for that Saturday morning, yeah, absolutely. Uh, record. If you um... can, I add one thing to you. Yeah, go which on. Yes. I know you're going to go. Oh my god! Um, this obviously isn't the end. There's no. another one coming. Oh, God. Of course. Um, so next year, I'm working with another charity. Um, I'm working with them instead of doing my own charity. Yeah. Um, this charity is called the Baton of Hope. And the Baton of Hope is all about suicide prevention mm-hmm. um, through mental health and all that sort of stuff. Uh, the guy lost his son last year. Um, and his son left him a note to say, use my death as a fight for suicide prevention and it's really really important to me because i've been there yeah um my wife has also lost her uncle um through suicide as well and i think everybody you talk to knows somebody that has either or themselves have been in that situation or have lost somebody from that situation Mm -hmm. so this baton is a physical baton like the when you do a relay team relays yeah and this baton is being taken everywhere so it's going to the highest heights. Um, people are taking it skydiving, as far as I know. People are taking it to London Underground because and anywhere it goes is for someone mm-hmm. that has been lost or a team of people who have lost someone. Yeah. Um, and I'm planning to take it on one of my training dives for my next world record, which will be in two years' time. Um, wow. So I'm going deep. Yeah. So we've we've done we've done the fast, we've done the longest distance, we're gonna go deep, which is dangerous, obviously, extremely dangerous. Um so I'll be training on a rebreather, um, which is a self contained unit, uh, has oxygen supplied to it and they're the breathers that you see on telly where they've got no bubbles coming out. Yeah. Mm. Um that's a rebreather because it's just recirculating air so, yeah, and just adding like... oxygen. So I'll be on one of those, um and I'm hoping this is a target and I'm putting it out there now, aren't I? Um, <laughs> so I'm hoping to take the baton down to 80 metres. Wow. Um, and that will be one of the deepest depths a paralysed diver has been. However, that's my training dives for mm. the next world record. Right, okay. The next world record will be clear, well clear of 100 metres deep. So... Oh, that sent a shiver oh, down my spine. Oh, yeah, it'd be well clear of that. I'm not telling That's you exactly incredible. how far. Do you think but you'll, well you can come back and talk about uh, your next sort of projects? Coming? Of course I will. Yeah. I'd love to talk to you guys again. That'd it's fantastic. Oh, That's amazing. Dan, thank Dan, you. Thank you, thank you so, so much. much. Yeah, brilliant. No, oh, thank you for having me. It's been been brilliant. Oh, and, guys, and don't... Remember, you guys. Thank you. Don't forget, <laughs> listeners, um, we've got... Um, We'll we'll leave all the links for Dan's just giving on our um, socials and in our show notes, yeah, and and on the website. Please, if you can, um, we know it's uh, nearly time for the um, the the fundraising to end. So if you can, please please do donate. I think that will that will be incredible. And um, yeah, Lucy and I promise at some point you'll see a picture of us in some some (laughs) wetsuits. Might put you off your dinner, but we'll get. Yeah, I might just sit on the side in a wetsuit and just say, hi, I'm here, I've done it. No, I'm joking. I will be in the water, I promise. Whether you have to drag me and kicking and screaming, I'll get in the water. I can pretend to be Ariel. 
and I, I, I'll do you a picture of me near a shark. <laughs> okay. It, behind no, the, no, like, in front of the glass, just pointing at I one. I was going to say, like, 14 feet is, is near, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'll no. Stand, I'll stand outside the aquarium and be like, oh, I'm here supporting my friend Lucy. <laughs> Oh, the shark yeah. might eat my guide dog. No, I can't risk that. Now that would be a challenge. Being a guide dog diving. <laughs> I mean, you might. They're 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 Labradors. They absolutely love the water. Yeah. So they, I think, they'd have an amazing time. I wouldn't want them going anywhere too deep because they're as much as they're wonderful guide dogs. They're not that smart, and I do feel like <laughs> it would be an accident waiting to happen. Dora the uh, Diver yeah. is a is a children's book waiting to happen, isn't it? Really. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Team, thank you very much. Thank you. We will see you all next time. Yep. Thank you for the chat. Bye. Bye, Dan. Bye. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Label Podcast. If you like the show, you can rate, review, and subscribe, and you can follow us on social media at Labeled Pod. This episode was edited by Adam Hall. Our music was by Maisie Crunden, and we'd like to thank the rest of the team involved. 